Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Excuse me, like a belch came right when we were coming on. That is so awkward. (laughs) But you know, life happens. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Hello, everybody. Now I'm close to... (laughs) Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. And it happens because we trusted Brendan and Bomsey at Master Talk to show us the power of effective communication. We also make sure we have a great cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin, a Christ-centered, veteran-owned coffee company. Today on the show, we have Sarah Humphreys. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. Hello there. I am so excited to talk to you because I I told you before we came on, I was looking at the cover of your book. Then I went and stalked your website and (laughs) and read your bio. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm totally fangirling because we have a lot of things in common. And even though I'm 44 years old, I'm still a 15 year old girl at heart. And I know you're older than 15 so i'm not trying to oh don't worry i'm also 15 i I... (laughs) sweet we're gonna have a great time yeah (laughs) so guys let me introduce sarah just a little bit before we go in and start having this fabulous conversation because i almost forgot to take us live we wanted to just talk about everything before we even went live So Sarah lives in Utah and is a die-hard fantasy nerd that can't stop talking about dragons and anime. Totally with you. The (laughs) anime is my daughter, but I know just a little tiny bit to get me by and make me look kind of smart. Great. (laughs) She is trying to get through high school by creating her own worlds and characters and has written six novel-length books. I read that and I was like, seriously, girl? Like, I haven't even wrote one novel-length book. Like, I have 22 books, but they're all novellas or short stories. Well, that's still impressive. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I can't get a novel. Like, I try to, and my characters go, "Uh, no, I'm done. I'm tired. Well, I can't write short stories. I can't. I've tried. (laughs) I can't do it. So... Oh, my goodness. Sarah does make friends, but only with people who can stand her habit of constantly talking during movies to critique the plot with her memorization of how to train your dragon Wikipedia page. They have one? Yes, they do. Well, well, okay, technically it's not real Wikipedia, but it's the fandom wiki. So they have fandom wikis for anything, anything under the sun. And you can read all sorts of very useless information about whatever fandom you're a part of. Like How to Train Your Dragon is like the epic. They need to continue and keep making more and more and more and grow. Mm, mm, well, mm, I, I mean, like, the story ended... And I'm okay with that ending. So just let a story just stop. Don't drag out the characters until nothing. This isn't Disney. I don't think (laughs) this isn't Disney. (laughs) I totally get that. But I, I think that my mind is Disney. 
And okay, like, like I think, like, I get it. There are stories that totally need to end. And I, and I get that. But I'm one of the people that holds on forever. Okay. Well, good news. They are actually making a show that that's like a thousand years in the future. Dragons are back. So, so yes, they're making a show like that. No idea what it's called. You could probably Google search it. So <laughs> good news for you, I guess. <laughs> So those are all great stories, but let's talk about yours. Because when I saw the cover of your book, I was like, that is beautiful. Did you create that? Because I saw that you do some art. Is that correct? No, no, okay, I, I am not that good of an artist. I, I, I color. Yes. Okay. I, and I draw comics, but I don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I am not a professional cover artist. My friends are, they have designed covers for me, but uh, the cover that, that I have right now was just by the publisher and okay. uh, I told them what they wanted and they did it and it turned out really pretty. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's intriguing. Like it pulls you in that. And I like the way that she's positioned on the book. You, do you have a copy there with you by any chance? Uh, no, sorry. I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, people can go and look at the, the beginning of the, the show um, at the promo stuff and they can go see the cover and we'll show it later. But the, the cover, it pulls you in the way she's not looking at you. She's backwards. So you, it's like you want to follow her into the story. So tell us a little bit about the storyline. Okay. Well, um, I think the cover did it, uh, represented the story really well because uh, my character is not... Uh, she's very antisocial. She wants to stay in the shadows. She doesn't like people looking at her or talking to her. And so her facing away from the camera uh, is, is really fun. I like that idea. Uh, but basically, it's about a kingdom, um, a medieval kingdom, where everyone wears these enchanted necklaces that take away emotion, uh, these gemstones. And But there are some people that the gemstones don't work on. And those people are hunted down and executed because, you know, they want a perfect society with no emotion. And, well, the main character the uh, is a princess, and she is one of those people. She puts on a necklace, and she still feels everything. So she has to hide that. She has to pretend to not feel emotion. And she's basically just retreating into herself and not drawing attention to herself as much as possible. And the cover has that vibe to it and I like it. Yeah. And um, the thing that she's holding uh, behind her back is uh, the necklace with all the stones on it. Oh. And uh, it's basically her journey trying to deal with not feeling, but trying to remain emotionally healthy at the same time. And uh, there's a love triangle, there's romance in it. Uh, and there's a war going on and a marriage alliance. And there's just all this stuff that I throw at the main character. And she has to, she has to survive basically. Wow. And how did this storyline come to you? Is it something that you dreamt of? Did the characters just appear to you basically? <laughs> or how? Because my characters just pop in my head and start talking to me. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I'm trying to do something here. I'm doing dishes or I'm doing, you know, laundry or something. Uh, yes. Um, well, not, not with this one specifically. Uh, I just, <laughs> this one was a weird one because... I, I like reading dystopian books, and I like stuff like The Giver, Delirium, Divergent, Hunger Games, City of Ever, just stuff like that. And so I always really, really, really like 
um, emotions, uh, sorry, societies where people don't feel emotions, where there's something human uh, in them that is now taken away, like The Giver. I absolutely love The Giver. That is one of the authors that, that I have drawn a lot of inspiration from with this book. So I thought, hey, what if I take a society like that and put it in a medieval kingdom? Because medieval kingdoms are more like fantasy-like, there's magic, and, and I pretty much exclusively write medieval kingdoms. So I just took, uh, I basically melded two genres into this book and it was really fun. It's super cool. And I love when authors can be creative enough to take, to put those two worlds together. Cause you would never think about it, but yet, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a little phlegm on my throat. That's <clears throat> wanting to creep up out of there all of a sudden. But when you think of a medieval kingdom, you think of a lot of them, um, their emotions are a little skewed already because they're... they're yeah, kind of, it's... <laughs> right? They're, they're a little, like, a lot of them, when they, you look at the pictures, they're not smiling. It's kind of like they're, they have no emotions. So when you, you put this in there where they're not allowed to, it's like, what if? Right? Like, but you've written other books, too. How many books do you have total published? Uh, uh, only one, only one published. This is my first one published. I've okay. written a lot uh, before then, but this is this is my first my debut novel, as it's called. Wow. Now, why? Now, what stopped you from publishing those other books? Uh, well, nothing really stopped me from publishing those other books. Uh, I just didn't have I just didn't have the chance to because um, how I got published is is um. I had a neighbor who uh, told me about this writing program uh, called the Calliope Inner Circle, where uh, a whole lot of people would uh, come together and learn how to write books and learn how to pitch to authors the proper way uh, and write a book in six months and get all this formal training and pay for it. And at the end, we got to pitch to agents. And it was really, really, really helpful because because <laughs> because pitching to agents is like very daunting. You have to learn from the ground up. You have no idea what you're doing. And so it was really nice for someone to sit me down and tell me how to do it and, and tell me how to write a pitch. And we got to talk to agents over Zoom and it was really nice. And um, one of them um, accepted my book. And that was really cool. So uh, I guess my advice to people is to get someone to teach you how to do it because that gives you a major leg up in uh, in the rest of the running who doesn't know how to pitch to agents and uh, that that's how I did it and so it would be really cool if I could um, publish some of my other books and the sequel to this one so you know what you're doing right now is like what 90% of the rest of us are, have ever dreamed of doing right <laughs> we haven't even pitched the agents. Like, uh, you know, the rest of us are still like, oh, I don't know about all that. It's like, <laughs> I need to finish something first. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Now, what made you want to write? Have you always been a writer or is it something that just came to you one day or yeah, I've always been a writer. I don't, I don't know why I, I wanted to be a writer, but I, I started reading really early, like when I was three, and I don't know why, but I, I guess my three to four to five year old brain was like, "Hey, I like these stories. Maybe I can write my own stories about a woman who lost her cat and looked everywhere for it, and then eventually found the cat." Yeah. <laughs> So I just started writing these very simple short stories and then all the way up to, to 
multiple novels. Wow. And what do your parents think? How are, how are they dealing with all of the, the, the stardom that you're having? And, and <laughs> well, I, I only recently um, got any semblance of fame, if you can call this fame. Uh, but uh, they've always been really happy for me and trying to encourage uh, me to write, which is refreshing because I have friends who are artists and their parents are like, mm. <sighs> You want to pick a more realistic career, (laughs) but uh, my my parents haven't uh, done that. They've been really nice, and my dad has helped me with um, with marketing because marketing is hard. So it's it's been it's been really nice to have them just be really supportive of me. Yeah, that support is everything, and I think it's fantastic because you're right. A lot of people think that a career in the arts isn't going to be lucrative or productive for the rest of your life, you know? So they go, okay, well get, get a real job, right? Get yeah. A real yeah. job. Okay. Well, this is a real job and it's a paying job and it can lead you down places that creates so much mental health happiness because it, it's a wonderful career. And like, I wish at <laughs> 17 years old that I was able to write the way you do. Because, man, I could have had such a happier life. <laughs> I didn't publish my first book until I was 40. Well, you still publish something? That's really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I forget about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um... So you said there's going to be a sequel, and you, when did you publish this one in February? Is that right? Uh, yeah, January, February. I think it was okay. January 25th. Oh wow! So this is a pretty recent. Now, have you already written the sequel? Because you seem like one of those people that are just. <laughs> well, probably. Typing. Well, no, well, yeah, I'm, I'm typing. Uh, I can never <laughs> write it with my hand. Never ever. ever. It hurts. Uh, Yeah, yeah. there's a reason why I can type 115 words a minute, and it's because I type every single day. (laughs) Um, But, well, actually, I I write a lot, and that's my downfall, kind of, because I I should have, I should have been writing the sequel all this time. Uh, Like, I'm, um, like, in, in the start of no, at the end of 2020, they were like, "Okay, we we can we can publish this now," and so I should have been writing the sequel all throughout that time, but I didn't because one, I was watching anime, <laughs> and oh two, God. I was um I I have a whole lot of other ideas always all the time, dragons and magic kingdoms everywhere, and so I want to write those things and not you know the thing that I'm supposed to be working on. So you have the same condition that I have. <laughs> which is called squirrel brain. Yes. Just want to move on to everything and, and explore yeah. everything else. And yeah. Yeah. I've got a, at least 20 to 30 folders of different ideas where I'm like, Oh my God, there's this storyline. and <laughs> Okay. I'll save that for later. And you know, it's just maybe, you know, a couple sentences or an idea which where four wor- words are in there, but I have to get it out. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm only like seven chapters into the sequel, and I should have been done with it by now, but I have five other prologues and first couple of chapters of new different ideas that I don't know when I'll be 
working on. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that when you do, if you don't allow those other ideas to get out of your way, if you try to just stick to just writing that one thing, do you feel like you get stuck? Yeah, a little bit. Like uh, when, when I have writer's block, I just move on to another idea. That, that's nice. It's a fail safe. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I never finish anything. I, I, it, is, it appears I can only finish something if I have a New York Times bestselling author be like, your deadline is in six months. <laughs> oh, my God. So that, that was the writing program. So apparently I, I can't. I, I, I've, I've been trying. <laughs> I've so been trying to, to finish your, it. You have to have your feet to the fire in order to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of, as long as I'm allowed to um, create, I can finish. But if I get, if I get told I, I have to only do one thing, I get bored with it. And then I'm, then my creativity goes out and it just, you could see the flatness in my writing. I have to allow the squirrels to run wild. I have a, a friend who runs, who has his own publishing company, Three Ravens Publishing, and he he calls himself the Squirrel Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, which I totally get. So I just want to let you know, we've got a few people here watching. We've got uh, Elizabeth Johnson, who is the marketing director over at Playtime Multimedia and Publishing. She says good morning. She's here watching with us. Um, she's, she's a fantastic. Hello. Uh, good morning. Yeah, she's, she's great because... We talk about writing, me and her talk every single day about writing and publishing. And then we have Theodore LaCrosse, who is an avid reader and um, show watcher here. He's always here with us uh, every interview. So, Sarah, what what would be the, the best thing that you utilize to keep you motivated when writing? Uh, well, I <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. And like a lot, a lot, an insane amount. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, 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 I kind of have been implementing a system where, where I, I think to myself, hey, if you write one chapter, you can watch X number of episodes from this TV show. So it's kind of like setting reward systems for yourself and trying to keep yourself motivated. And also, I, I listen to music while I write and with, with lyrics. For some reason, I can think of words to write and then. Like, <laughs> sometimes sometimes my parents come in and I'm just singing because I, I like the songs that I'm listening to. So, uh, but when I listen to music, I feel like I can concentrate a little bit better. Like my mind isn't just going to wander and go wherever. Super smart. That's a great idea. The reward system. I think I'll give myself a piece of chocolate. I'll limit <laughs> my chocolate. That's a big thing for me. Chocolate and coffee. I oh my gosh, I I love chocolate, cake, donuts, any anything sugary, anything sugary and unhealthy. I love. Right, right. Now it's we talked. <laughs> we talked earlier before we came on the show about how you watch anime. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what what do you what's your favorite anime? Uh well, I've watched like sixty anime, but uh. It's bad. I told you it's bad. And that's only in the past two years. So. <laughs> My daughter's um, obsessed. You can get on her Snapchat. Yeah. And she's always showing pictures of the anime that she's watching. And I'm like, are you, she's in college. She's a sophomore. I'm like, are you doing your work? She's a theater major. Okay. Well, that, yeah. that, that, that kind of makes sense. Like that, <laughs> that you'd be interested in characters, especially very emphatic, dramatic characters. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm like, yeah, so the arts is kind of like a big deal. But what's your favorite anime? So I can ask her if she watches it. Okay. Okay. Well, my favorite anime is a very niche anime. Uh, that's called Bungo Stray Dogs. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's this collection of tropes that I really like. Uh, it's basically like, um, uh, there's, there's a detective agency that fights against a mafia agency and all of them have powers and all of the characters are just really well written and very attractive. And (laughs) like all, all the villains are fun and quirky and dramatic. And so uh, I just like it because I like having the characters interact. I, but if I must, if I must pick a show that is my favorite and not as niche, then I would probably say Full Moon Alchemist. That's okay. that's more well known. Uh, I'm writing those down because I'm gonna ask her about those. I love she, Full Moon Alchemist. She so used much. to call, come in and be like, "Mom, watch this movie with me." It was either an anime movie or an anime series, and we were always watching it. Like like I told you, um, with the captions because she said it, it didn't sound right with the voiceovers for her. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> on. I mean, some, some dubs are really, I mean, really good. Well, I so. like the voiceovers, personally. But yeah. she wanted to, and I'm like, I can't read that fast. Like, I can read fast, but not that fast. So, but she she absolutely loves all that stuff. And, but one of the things that I was always intrigued with was the storylines. The storylines of anime are just so gripping. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh you, my gosh. Do you ever find inspiration from them for your own books? Not that you're copying, obviously we don't copy, but I find <laughs> inspiration in so many places. Do you ever find inspiration in the anime to write your own stories? Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh so I I had Stone Cold and and that was it. That was the only idea I had and I'm like, shoot, I'm out of ideas. But then I started watching anime and I got like 10 more ideas just like that because because anime, it, it, it's it's different from Western media. Western, yes. uh, so it has its whole new uh, batch of tropes and more stuff that you can use. And there's and there's so many different plot lines and types of characters in anime that you're just never going to see in 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 anything that you'll find on Netflix or or like a New York Times bestsellers fantasy shelf. Like anime, it has a different view of what can make a story. Like mm-hmm. there there are so many. Th- Oh my gosh. Like, there's, let's see if I can think of a weird one. Okay, there's this anime called Assassination Classroom where this yellow octopus alien destroys half of the moon and then comes down to Earth. And then the government is like, oh my gosh, uh, um, um, uh, what can we do to make you not destroy the Earth? Like, like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what, what can we do? And the alien says, you know what? I want to teach middle school. Can you let me teach middle school? And I will teach this my students, these students that I get, how to kill me. And if they successfully kill me by the end of the term, or by the end of the year, whatever it was, I will not blow up the earth. It's called Assassination Classroom, and that is actually a plot line in an anime, and it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> anime can be anything. It redefines what a story can be. Absolutely, and I love that. And I'm going to make that a quote of yours right here in the comments because anime oops, let me type it up the right way anime redefines what a story can be Sarah Humphreys <laughs> you've been quoted you're famous. Right. like you're uber famous now because you've been quoted 
<laughs> but you're you're absolutely right. One of the most fascinating things I found about anime is it's not something you're going to read in a book because every time you read a book, you can say, "Oh, well, this little line here I've seen somewhere else, or this little I've I've watched somewhere else in all the books that we read." But when you watch anime, you don't see it anywhere else. You you yeah. haven't read it in a book. You haven't seen it in a show. It is uniquely anime. And that's why I wanted to ask you that specific question. Because I think it is a genre that writers and authors are missing out on <laughs> discovering a whole new world within their stories. So thank you for saying that. Because I think that your mind is this beautiful discovery all of, on its own that that is going to bring forth some beautiful stories. And, it, and one of them is the book that you've published and the many more that you're going to publish. So if you had one piece of advice to give to fellow authors out there, what would that piece of advice be? Well, uh, watch anime, I guess. Uh, well, not like, well, not like that, but, um, um, Try to um, try to expose yourself to a lot of different stories. Don't just do one, a whole lot, and watch foreign stuff and, and watch what um, other people uh, have. And, and if you and um, if you get more tropes and character archetypes, and it, it will just make your writing a lot better and a lot less cliche and a lot uh, more interesting. Uh, and for for the longest time, I've taken notes from all my books that I've read, and I've taken notes from all the TV that I've watched. It's pretty funny because my dad comes into my room and is like, you've been watching TV for the past five hours. Why can't you write a book? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but I've been taking notes. That's productive, right? <laughs> I love awesome that excuse. interaction. <laughs> totally, totally use that. Um, right. But yeah, so you you don't really know the rules of writing until you can just see what works, see what doesn't, try to... You have to learn from the ground up what makes a good book and how, how to do that if you don't have any formal training or go to a writing camp or something like that. Then you can just go to your favorite book and then take notes on what works, what makes you feel emotion, how, how are the characters expressed. So that's that's my advice, basically. just Just take in a lot of content and find out rules, find out what doesn't work for you specifically, and just write. Awesome. Now, what you just released your first book, so what's next? <laughs> if I ever finish the sequel, then I will publish the sequel. <laughs> if well, I ever finish it, I probably will I have won't. faith you will. I have absolute wonderful faith that you will. You have this energy that just expands across the screen, so I, I have faith that you will. Where can people reach you if they want to get a hold of you for an interview or grab a copy of your book? Okay, well, I, for my book, it's traditionally published, not self-published, so you can find it on Amazon, but also any other online store like Google Play, Barnes Noble, stuff like that. It's cool. You can, yeah, I'm, I'm Googleable, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> who could say that? Yeah. Um, and like, if, if you want to contact me from interview, I'm on Podmatch. If you're a podcaster, um, you, you can just um, search me and then message me that way. Uh, my email is sarahauthor000 at gmail.com. So you can email me. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, I'm 
just find one of those outlets and talk to me. I'm always awesome. willing. We've also put your links here in the comments. So anyone watching today or watching this episode on YouTube or Facebook can go and check out your website and grab a copy of your book for anyone watching on the podcast, which will be up next week. It's www.sarahhumphreys.com. That's spelled S-A-R-A-H-H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y-S.com. So no, like, wait, 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 wait. H-U-M-P-H-E-R-Y-S. P-H. You know what? It's spelled like that right here. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it and my my goofy eyeballs said it differently. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? I thought they'd misspell my last name on the cover of my own book. So, (laughs) yeah, I I, I honestly thought that that was going to happen. (laughs) That would have been so awkward. You'd have been like, really? This is my book and you can't No, but you have a good publisher. So they got it right. Yes. they did. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, we come to the part in the show where um, we turn it over to you. Anything that we may not have had an opportunity to talk about before we close it out. I want to make sure that you get the chance to talk about that very thing that we may not have hit on. So I'm going to turn it over to you and give you your moment fully on the screen by yourself if you're comfortable with that. If not, I'll stay on the screen. Um, You let me know if you're comfortable uh, having the screen to yourself to promote anything you want to promote or talk about anything you need to talk about for the next two minutes. You want the screen to yourself? Um, I I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we hit on? Um... I don't know, really. I've talked about my book. I got to talk about anime. That was cool. Um, uh, I don't. I don't really know. Um, Do you have sorry. any shoutouts? No, you're fine. Do you have any shoutouts you want to give to anybody that has helped you along this journey, that has been there for you and supported you to get this book out? Okay. Well, um, my dad. Uh, he he went through the program with me, and he was there when I pitched to the agents, and he's been really nice helping me with all this stuff and with podcasts. I really love him. He's an amazing person. Um, and I also really, really like the writing program that I went through. It's called the Calliope Inner Circle. It's ran by Angie Fenimore, and you can you can join it. You can you can Google it and and, and join it if 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 you pay. It, it's still running, um, so you you can do that. And um, I, <laughs> there was this friend group that I had uh, that I still have. Some of them have moved, but but um, we <laughs> were the two artists. Uh, they're also authors and they're also really nerdy. And so every single day on the bus, we got to talk about. Um, book ideas that we had and plot lines that would work and stuff that we really like and a lot of stuff about marvel a lot of avengers stuff i love marvel i love superhero <laughs> i love yeah. i love the uh, the superhero formula that they use in every single movie <laughs> um yeah um and we we talked about that and they actually helped me critique the the plot of this novel that is being published so thank you to jane and kayla and anna for helping me with that that was nice yeah it's it's great to have that that group your tribe yeah get yourself a writer's group it would make things 
totally easier for you can just like pass around your manuscripts and and all of you have have the same mindset and you can just give each other feedback that's really nice find find people who will support you and will help you and like-minded people that so yeah if if you have about this if if you have a writing partner it's kind of like oh i can't remember c.s lewis and Who's the Tolkien? Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. Um, Lord of the Rings guy and Narnia guy. <laughs> they were they were friends. <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the name. I can't tell you a name to save my life. Fine. Lord of the Rings guy and Narnia guy. They were authors and um, they they were they were friends actually. They they were their own little group and they gave each other feedback and they helped each other finish their novels like um they wow. they met and they they were like have you written your chapter have you done this have you done this have you done this so that's another great way to help yourself finish your books uh you just need to get someone else to motivate you basically yeah. you can motivate each other and and you won't fall behind when you do that so Sounds yeah that's, that's that's more advice yeah that's great i think it's fantastic well sarah i I've really thoroughly enjoyed having you on today and you have given us nuggets of advice. You have been so much fun and this bright light to talk to today. And I really appreciate it. So unfortunately I have to say goodbye. I could sit in here and talk to you all day. I really could, but I know that you want to watch anime probably. And well, I did that last <laughs> night already. <laughs> Okay. Well, now I you should probably do something done. productive. Yeah, you should probably get some work done. Well, guys, don't forget to come back each week and watch us either live or the podcast right here on Facebook. You can ask Siri or Alexa to play the latest episode. Head to our website and catch the latest issue of the magazine. We have a new one coming out on April 4th. We want to continue making authors' dreams come true by providing them a platform to shine. We'll see you guys next time. And if you appreciate conversations like we do and want to become a better speaker, visit our friends Brendan and Vomzi at mastertalk.ca, where they teach you how to use the power of your voice. Don't forget, stay awake with a nice cup of coffee from a third day coffee Seguin, the best cup of coffee on this side of heaven. That's thirddaycoffeeseguin.com. Until next time, my friends, I'm CJ. There's Sarah. Go read her book. Bye, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye, Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye. The Author's Forge is a certified veteran-hosted podcast. Show your support. Tune in, share, and subscribe.